Hello and welcome to episode number 132 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and we have a lot to get through today, including the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, including rioting in Minneapolis yet again, including companies threatening states for changing voter laws. So, yeah, I guess more of the same that we've been talking about for the last year or two. I did celebrate my birthday since the last episode. Now 51, getting old. Thanks to everybody for all of the birthday wishes. In just about a month, a little over, Random Thoughts will also be having a birthday. Three years of the podcast time does fly when you're having fun. Are we having fun yet? I hope we are. The situation with the vaccine in the United States took a bit of a turn over the last few days. And I guess the ironic part about this is my wife and I had an appointment to go to our local pharmacy to get the Johnson & Johnson shot on Tuesday the 13th yesterday. But of course, that morning, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was paused by the United States due to concerns over a rare blood clotting condition that was occurring in some of the people that had gotten the vaccine. This is a very similar vaccine in the way that it works to the AstraZeneca vaccine, which they've been doling out in the UK and Europe. And they've had issues with the blood clotting there as well. I guess the main difference between those two vaccines are where they actually got the little code, the little piece of virus that they're using. The AstraZeneca one was chimpanzee-based, and the Johnson & Johnson one was human-based. But the way they deliver the vaccine is very similar. The way the vaccine is delivered in your body, uh, as as opposed to the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, which are a RNA-based thing, which are a brand new type of vaccine, which a lot of people seem to be pushing, although there's a lot of questions about the long-term effect of such a vaccine. So I was always under the impression that, you know, if, if one of these things came available, sure, the Johnson & Johnson one would be the better route to go because it is more or less the same type of vaccine that you would normally be getting for things like the flu, and we've all had. So the chance of side effects was much lower. The chance for the vaccine to do damage was much lower. But now the media, of course, is playing a different tune on that vaccine, of course, putting a pause by the FDA and CDC on it. The symptoms for what happens if you get one of these blood clots, really bad headache, abdominal pain, things that people will notice within, I think it was normally between six days and like two or three weeks into getting the vaccine. The intriguing thing is the same type of thing happened with the AstraZeneca one. It was paused and then resumed. So I don't know exactly the correlation there, but it seems like there is one. 
And the thing that should be mentioned, which I don't see the mainstream media or anybody really talking about, is the fact that this seems to affect only women of childbearing age. They were all women between 18 and 48, I believe, here in the United States. I don't have the stats for the AstraZeneca issues, but it seems that this is something that is gender specific. There's questions of whether it's actually even tied to the vaccine, you know, whether it's something in the vaccine itself or part of the immune response. It's something that I think should be looked into, but we're also looking at rates at this point of six people in the United States where they had already doled out close to seven million of the doses of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So we're talking about one in a million. But now if you're going to break this down to say it's only affecting women, then you're maybe two in a million the way the stats would work. So still very low. Sadly, one of the women died, but this is a condition that can be rectified if you know what to look for. And that I think is maybe the biggest part of this pause, which is to let the medical community know if somebody comes in with these types of issues and they've had one of these vaccines, the Johnson and Johnson or the AstraZeneca, that you can't treat it as a normal blood clot using what they normally would in the heparin that can cause more problems. So it needs to have an alternative treatment, but it is treatable. It's just a question of knowing what you're looking for. And of course, the usual suspects are all over saying, oh, and you tell me the vaccines are safe. Well, are you really going to go against something that is about a one in a million chance? I mean, you have a better chance of going out and getting hit by a bus. You have a much better chance than one in a million of perishing in a car wreck every time you get into a car. But do you still get into cars? Do you still go places? Because if you're going and claiming the vaccine is unsafe based on six cases in about seven million, then you really shouldn't be getting into a vehicle. You shouldn't be walking anywhere near vehicles. You shouldn't be going on any major thoroughfare. And you better just be hiding in your basement because this is not a stat that's going to prove that this vaccine is unsafe. And this is the most interesting thing about this pause is it is one of the rare things that has happened over the last five years or so in America where the journalists on the far right and the journalists on the far left, everybody from Keith Olbermann, who is pretty much the most wacko on the left, to whoever's the most conservative now, Hannity, I think probably, or Tucker Carlson. Everybody is saying this is nuts to pause this because of six cases in about 7 million. Because that does not prove the vaccine is one even related to what's happening yet. I mean, it's possible, but much like what we talked about was either here on grumpy old Ben's about the, Oh, it's the fatties that are getting hospitalized due to COVID because 78% of the people hospitalized in the United States were either overweight or obese. And then you look at the stats and realize that's about the right amount overall in the United States. So that stat doesn't prove anything. This type of blood clot issue does happen in people, even when these vaccines weren't being administered. 
So is there a connection? We're not really sure. It's possible. And I understand being cautious and I understand telling people what to look for. But when it's a case of about a one in a million, then it's something that maybe you're being a little too cautious. And I know that seems like a crazy thing to say, but there's a lot of people who are already afraid of the vaccines that going through something like this will make it even harder for people to believe that these things are safe. And I can't guarantee you that they are. I can just look at the stats. I can tell you that millions of people have been vaccinated. I can tell you that people I know have been vaccinated without issue. I can tell you that the science of a lot of people that I would trust seems to show that this is a relatively safe procedure. Now, we don't know how it's going to go long term, and that I understand being concerned about. So I have no problem if people are that concerned because they think they're going to turn into a werewolf in two, five, ten years, whatever it is. The messenger RNA vaccines, which everybody's pushing like mad now, the Pfizer and Moderna, those I have much more concern about. Those I have many more questions about. But the science isn't in yet. We are all being guinea pigs. We have a whole world of human beings that are being turned into guinea pigs. And what the end result is going to be, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. So there's a reason to have concern. There's a reason to have a little trepidation before getting one of those. But I looked at the Johnson and Johnson one completely differently, which was I've taken the flu vaccine a lot and it does not negatively impact my health. If anything, it helps your health. That's the point of the vaccines. COVID is real. There's also people are like, ah, it's just a coronavirus. That's just a cold. Well, that's like saying a 22 bullet coming out of a pistol is the same thing as a nuclear missile. It's about the same thing. It's just a projectile. Okay, and maybe that's a little too extreme, but that's like saying a 22 round is the same as a 45 round. They're the same. No, they're very similar, but the impact is vastly different. And that's what we have going on here with COVID-19 as opposed to just a normal cold. But watching everybody on the left and right exclaim that this was a dumb thing for the government to do, it was fun to see that. It was nice to see that the two sides can actually agree about something. And in this case, over a vaccine that may be causing issues in about one of a million people, but it's only women and only women of childbearing age. And then there's question of whether these women are on any type of birth control or anything that would cause a interaction with the drugs, because there's interactions with just about every drug. Everybody's immune system's a little bit different. In dealing with any of the life-saving treatments and life-saving medications, there are some people that the treatment may kill them. I mean, there's people that will die if not given the right shot after eating peanuts or shellfish. They have allergies that are so severe that things you and I would go, hey, peanuts or yeah, shrimp, that's great, could kill them. So the concept that you would point to things like this with the vaccine and be like, oh, see, they're unsafe. Well, then technically anything you put in your mouth is unsafe to somebody. Food that everybody eats on a daily basis. Somebody 
out there probably has an allergy that would kill them if they consume it. So the concept that you think you can point to something like that and say it proves that it's unsafe is idiotic. Now, I don't go along the lines of saying that people have to be forced to get vaccinated. That is one step too far. That is governmental overreach. And I think we already see how this is going to go because you're not going to be forced, at least here in the United States, to get a vaccine. But without getting one, you may be very limited in the things that you can do because all of a sudden, it seems like it's going to be allowed to have things like concert venues, restaurants, whatever that can demand that you had a medical procedure done, at least getting proof of that or whatever they say is proof, but making you jump through the hoops to show that you've had this medical procedure done before they will allow you to do business in their building or whatever it is. That's going to be interesting to watch the whole concept of vaccine passports, because that I don't think is good for anyone. But this is how you can tell when somebody on the left is a major hypocrite, because there's a lot of people on the left that are calling for these vaccine passports that think this is absolutely okay. That will also tell you that it's a racist, horrible thing when you ask for ID for somebody to vote. We've seen what's going on in Georgia. We ranted about that in the past episode about Major League Baseball pulling the All-Star game. And my buddy Bill O'Reilly, he was off last week and he just returned on Monday this week with a new program. And I have to say, I chuckled like a little schoolgirl listening to Bill on Monday as he ranted about Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, multiple times, Mr. O'Reilly called Mr. Manfred an imbecile. And I think that's absolutely the correct term. I think Rob Manfred is an imbecile. I think Major League Baseball really needs a change on so many levels. If they think that the fans are going to stick around, the ballparks already are at very low capacity, except in a few places. And Major League Baseball, like so many of the sports, are just trying to stay afloat and to kowtow to the corporations that have gone completely woke. And I read an article about how there are so many corporations, major corporations, along with some Soros-backed organizations that are threatening states that if they do what Georgia did, if they dared to put some laws on the books that tried to make the elections verifiable, where they try to make sure we're getting the correct votes from the correct people and not cheating, not stuffing the ballot box, not going the Chicago way, these corporations are threatening the states if they do this. They're going to punish them, just like Major League Baseball is doing to Georgia, punishing them by pulling out the All-Star game, which did nothing but hurt a bunch of minority-owned businesses because Atlanta is a town with a ton of minority-owned businesses that would have made millions of dollars on this game. So congratulations, imbecile Rob Manfred. 
But I noticed this was something that kind of slipped through the cracks back in February that the UK is implementing new voter ID. They call it the UK Electoral Integrity Bill. This came from Breitbart. It says under the current system, voters are merely asked to provide their name and address without any verification before they are allowed to vote. Now, this is what happens in the United States, at least in a lot of places. There are some states that do require ID, but it is not a requirement on a federal level. So that's what the UK was up until now. I wonder why they're changing things. Ministers hope it says that a voter ID will give the public greater confidence in the electoral process. Well, that seems to make sense because if there's verification that the person who is casting the vote actually lives there and is entitled to vote in that area, well, that would make sense. That should give you more confidence in the result if you check the identification. A cabinet office spokesperson in the UK said, quote, we will be introducing new measures as part of the government's manifesto commitment to prevent the potential for voter fraud in our electoral system. This will further strengthen the integrity of the UK elections and will include ID checks at the polling station and rules that prevent abuse of postal and proxy votes. Huh, that sounds a lot like what Georgia has just passed. Those hateful, racist people in the UK, which of course is exactly what the Labour Party in the UK, like the Democrat Party in the United States, they're firmly opposed to any such measures claiming that requiring an ID is racist and tantamount to voter suppression. We've ranted on this before. I still don't understand the concept here, except that you're saying that people who are not white are too stupid to get an identification card, even though everybody that drives in the United States has a piece of identification, and that is a vast majority of people a voting age again because voting age 18 and up so most people have the identification so this concept that it is suppressing people to vote is ridiculous all it does is verify that the person voting is the one that is supposed to be voting i have a pretty easy solution and that is anybody who is against showing identification to vote should put a note on their bank account that says anybody that says they are them can walk in and get money out of the account. Just, just by saying they are who they are, they don't have to show any identification. So, I mean, if you're Nancy Pelosi and you think this is a racist thing to require ID, then I should be able to go into Nancy Pelosi's bank and say, hi, I'm Nancy Pelosi. Give me a million dollars cash. I mean, it's racist if the bank asked me for ID at that point. So they have to just hand over the cash because Nancy's against showing ID for everybody that gets money from the government, for all these people that are collecting unemployment, for all of these people that are collecting Social Security, for all the people that are collecting benefits because they're on the dole. Well, same thing. Anybody should be able to walk in and say they're them and take their unemployment check before they do. So if I get in first and say, hey, I'm Joe Blow. And then Joe Blow comes in later. Well, he's out of luck because showing ID is racist. 
proving who you say you are is disenfranchising people. So we should just open up all of these systems to no ID. Identification is bad. Never have to show ID because then the world will be a non-racist utopia, right? Well, let's look at what goes on in other parts of the world. And this is from a couple of years ago. So I don't know if this is still entirely accurate, but I believe it is. This is from the Civitas Institute. And they looked at other countries and how they do voting and what requirements they have. Norway, it says, mandates that voters present a photo ID, including a passport, driver's license, or bank card that includes a photo to vote. Oh, those racist people in Norway. Voters in Northern Ireland must present a, quote, acceptable photo identification to cast an in-person ballot. Racist people in Northern Ireland. Germany requires voters bring a state-issued voter identification card, but then they can substitute another form of ID for that card if they fail to deliver it at the polls. So if you forget that card, you can show a driver's license or some other photo ID. Darn Germans! Switzerland, uh, all ballots are issued by mail. Voters who return their ballots in person are required to show an ID and a state-issued polling card to do so. So two forms in Switzerland. Those racist, horrible people in Switzerland. Uh, France requires voter ID. Israel requires a voter ID. Mexico requires an ID. Iceland requires an ID. Canada requires an ID. You get it. But it seems that these companies Major League Baseball, for instance, and uh, Bill O'Reilly pointed this out. They're still letting the Toronto Blue Jays exist. How dare you let somebody play in Canada? They require ID for them to vote. That's a hateful thing. We must get out of Canada. How dare you Canadians ask people for identification? The concept that asking people to prove that they are who they say they are does the exact opposite of disenfranchising somebody's vote. This guarantees, at least as good as we can humanly possible guarantee, this guarantees that the person who is supposed to be able to cast their vote does cast their vote. This means that your vote is protected, that your voice is actually heard. You're really only disenfranchised when the shenanigans start and the ballot boxes are stuffed and the vote that you placed means nothing because of those types of things. The concept of requiring identification does the exact opposite of disenfranchise. It helps to make sure that every last voice is heard and why the Democrats are so against that again. You have to ask yourself that. Why are they against people proving that they're eligible to vote in order to be able to vote when countries worldwide are doing this, including Mexico and Canada, Israel, all over? Why is this seen in the United States as such a horrible racist thing? It makes no sense. But we do have a country where there are racial issues. 
We see what's going on in Minneapolis. It's burning down again. And I don't know how you can burn down something that's already been burned down. But Minneapolis, there's not going to be much left. The case in Minneapolis this time around, the George Floyd case, of course, has the trial going on. And as that happened, another black guy in Minneapolis, Dante Wright, was shot by a police officer during a stop that the video is out and it's very clear to see what happened here. This was not a racially motivated killing. This was a police officer who probably shouldn't have been on the job because this is a mistake that you cannot be allowed to make. And this is a case where it appears to be completely accidental, but it's an accident that cost somebody their life. And it has to be dealt with with all seriousness. It has to be dealt with on a level that police officers everywhere, I think, would agree with me on this. And if you are a cop and you don't agree, feel free to reach out and let me know why. That a police officer who mistakes her service weapon for a taser, that cannot be allowed to happen. That is just beyond a dereliction of duty and i don't know how the tasers look that the police officers in this jurisdiction carry i would hope that the tasers are physically different enough i mean we know they weigh a different amount tasers are much lighter than a loaded handgun but i would hope that there's something visible on the top of the tasers, you know, bright, you know, like these things you get with these toy guns that somewhat even look real, that there's always a big orange thing at the bottom of the barrel. There's some kind of marking which shows, hey, not real. I would hope that the tasers don't look exactly like the gun. And she was holding the weapon in her hand for a decent amount of time before things went completely sideways and she fired around which killed this guy. Now, I think it's important to talk about the fact that the mainstream media is lying to you about almost everything that has happened in this case. People are saying he was pulled over just because he had an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror. That's not true. He was pulled over because the plates on his car were expired. You have to pay. I mean, The government loves to take your money in all sorts of different ways. And just like it is here in Illinois, once a year, you got to pay to get a little sticker that you put on your license plate that shows your car is current. You're paid up. And I've forgotten to do that once. And I got pulled over and got a ticket for it because, well, I guess I was driving while white because they're saying this was just driving while black. Well, no. When the tags on your car are expired and a police officer knows it, you will get pulled over. You know, usually you'll just get a ticket, except in the fact of uh, this guy, Dante Wright, he had a warrant out because he was accused of choking and robbing a woman at gunpoint. So this is what they find out 
after they pull him over, they run his information. He gets out of the car. When they tell him to get out of the car, they start putting the handcuffs on him. And I don't know why there was one cop that had him. And then he was like turning him over to the woman to cuff him or something. And when that happened, the kid, Dante Wright, broke free, got back into his car trying to evade the police. He started resisting arrest. This is the point where the female police officer starts yelling, I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. Taser, taser, taser. And then fires her service revolver. Again, this is something that should never happen. If you're a cop and you make that mistake, I mean, people will make a lot of mistakes in their daily life during their job. A lot of people can make certain amount of mistakes and you can maybe teach them and they can get better and they can learn. Not knowing the difference between a taser and a handgun is not an acceptable mistake to make. That is would instantaneously for me, you're at least out of your job and you should be facing some kind of charges. I understand it was a mistake, but if you get behind the wheel and run a bunch of people over, well, that's a mistake too. Your impairment is in, you know, your judgment is impaired. And that seems to be what happened with this police officer. And it's horrible because she was on the job for decades. And you would think that you would have enough training that when something like this happens, maybe this is the problem when you also start introducing things like tasers to try to not be using lethal force. And you don't know when you're going to need which. In this case, we had a suspect who had a warrant out for a gun crime. So I understand tensions are a little bit high when he jumps back into his car. You don't know what he's going for, if he's just trying to escape or if he's trying to get a gun. In the mind of the cop, I get that. But you cannot make that mistake between a taser and a handgun. The concept we've heard from some people on the left was, well, you know, do cops even need to carry any kind of weapon during a traffic stop? And the answer is yes, they do, because otherwise they'll get shot. This concept that the answer to these issues are getting rid of the police or disarming the police are completely and utterly idiotic. This kid, Dante Wright, should not have been shot by the police officer. But you know what would have kept him from being shot by the police officer? Not resisting arrest, not jumping back into his car. This was preventable on so many levels. And there is at least a sharing of the consequences here for what happened. There's a big share of the blame for what happened, I should say. And it was a tragic case. But this seems to be an accident. And usually you don't burn your city down for an accident. You say, well, this was sad. We mourn. We send out thoughts and prayers and all the help you can to the family that lost the loved one. But you don't burn your city down. And there's riots going on in Minneapolis again. And I saw a video on Twitter that was posted 
by a Chicago police officer that said, I guess this is all the uh, dangerous white supremacy we've been hearing about. And it was recorded in the midst of what was going on in Minneapolis, where there is a crowd of African-American people as cars are driving down the street multiple times. You heard, are they white? Are they white? Oh, get them. Beat their ass. They're white. They're white. Get them. Beat their ass. They're white. Now, if that's not a hate crime, I don't know what is, but I haven't seen this on the mainstream media. I haven't seen CNN or MSNBC covering this because it doesn't fit their narrative. And they don't want you to see what's actually going on in the streets of America when an angry black mob is targeting people based upon the color of their skin in order to beat them, pull them out of their vehicles. This is insane. We have a nation that is based upon law. We have a nation that will never have order if you do not enforce the law, if there are not punishments for this kind of behavior. We have imbeciles, morons, whatever you want to call Representative Tiab, who said, this just shows we need to get rid of all policing, all prison, all military. <laughs> it's like, are you nuts? If you elected this woman, you're nuts. If you continue to elect her, you deserve what you get. If you're in an area that you know takes somebody like this and puts them into office, you deserve zero police, zero protection, and see what your area turns into. You can find out a pretty good idea by watching the videos that have come out of the rioting going on in Minneapolis to see exactly what your world would turn into full time you have to decide what world you want to live in if you want complete anarchy if you want people to be able to commit crimes and never have punishment you never go to jail then go for that you deserve exactly what you get now i got more than I should have this past week. I guess the birthday celebration really worked out and resulted in a nice round of donations here for the Random Thoughts podcast. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there pretty much every week and we don't you charge you anything for them. You get to listen to them, enjoy them, hopefully get some value out of what the podcast brings to you. And if that's the case, then it's up to you to bring some value back to us and you can decide exactly what the show is worth to you. Is it worth a couple of bucks? Was it worth a latte? Was it worth a six pack of beer? Maybe a nice bottle of Irish whiskey. Hey, that's up to you. You decide how much value you got and you get that back to us a variety of ways. You can go to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate, and you'll find a donate button that you can use for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can find the QR code and the address to do Bitcoin, Cardano, or Ethereum. So yeah, we're totally in now to the cryptocurrency thing. And you can find the snail mail address if you want to go that route. Checks are always appreciated. Just make them out to Darren O'Neill with on the comment line, adding random thoughts to that. 
But this week coming in as number one executive producer, Simon Libazuski coming in with $51. No note, no comments. And we appreciate the support, Simon. Thanks for helping me celebrate the big 51 with $51. It is very much appreciated. Coming in next, uh, Brian Mickey with $40.20. Again, no note, no comment. Then our buddy Keith Von Dyke, who has been a monthly subscriber for a long, long time, both here over at Random Thoughts and over at our buddy Larry Blydner's show, That Larry Show, thatlarryshow.com. Larry just joined us on Grumpy Old Ben's this week for our two-year anniversary over there. And Keith Von Dyke, you are doing the Lord's work. Thank you for supporting all of these shows. It's very much appreciated. Then also coming in with 10 bucks, Dajur, I think I'm saying that right, or just Daz, who sent a little note saying, you scare my cat when you rant. And I responded to her, then that means I'm doing something right, cats. They barely care about anything going on around them. So if I get them to take notice and they get upset or scared, I think we're on the right track then. But I hope we don't scare the cat too much. I don't want maybe... Just like hiding under the bed. Do they just look at the speakers kind of funny? Do they just wonder where that voice is coming from that sounds so angry every now and then? Either way, uh, thank you for the support and uh, just get the cat some earmuffs. And that way the cat won't have to worry about being subjected to the rants anymore. And since I totally forgot that the last show was the first show in April, I didn't even mention our Patreone. Our buddy Brian Janak, another guy who also supports Grumpy Old Ben's and that Larry show coming in with $5 a month over on Patreon. He's the only guy over there. He is so lonely. If you want to use the Patreon system, we don't post any extra content or anything, but it's patreon.com slash random thoughts. If you're on Patreon and just want another easy way to get involved with the value for value model, that is a way to do it. And then coming in with three bucks, our buddy Dave Metis, or otherwise D.E. Metis, or just Metis. He's a really cool guy from Fun Fact Friday, funfactfriday.com, the show that he does with his daughter, Leela, each and every week. The most wholesome podcast you will ever listen to, but that didn't stop YouTube from censoring them for daring to say something wrong about what you should be doing under lockdown or what kind of fun you can have. It was something crazy, but check out fun fact Friday. I think you'll enjoy it. And thanks meet us for your support of the random thoughts podcast. Meet us. I think we mentioned here was the guy that sent the little copper Joe Biden coin <laughs> build back better because he knows I'm such a big fan of president Joe Biden. It was a nice, nice thing for you to do. Meet us. I'm sure we'll get you back at some point. Just watch your mail. Wow, that sounded a little more threatening than I meant it to. Or did I? Or was it? Eh, you know what I'm talking about. But thanks to everybody for making this an overall great week in donations here on the Random Thoughts Podcast. It is all very much appreciated. It helps to keep the lights on, the microphones humming, everything sounding good. It is all very much appreciated. And again, if you want to take part in the value for value model, randomthoughts.com slash donate is the place you want to be. And you want to be here again next Wednesday for our next episode of the Random Thoughts podcast. I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun stuff going on 
in the next week. And I appreciate that you let me rant to you. If you want to get involved a little bit more, if you want to get a message to me, the best way to do that is Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. Or you can follow me on the Twitter site as long as that's still that account, you know, isn't like deplatformed or anything. Although I rarely post there now, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. The better place to go is to the Mastodon world, to the Fediverse, and find me on No Agenda Social, Darren O'Neill at noagendasocial.com. And let me know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, what's going on in your world, whatever you want. And with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.